You're listening to Podcast BXN, a video game podcast delivering player experience news. Let's go. What's up, guys, and welcome to Podcast PXN, episode 229. I am one of your hosts, Daniel Prindle, a.k.a. Dan is DTM on Twitter, and I am joined over Discord by the Nintendo aficionado and artist extraordinaire, Roshan Warner, at Roro. Hello, hello. Hello, indeed. And... The host of Large Popcorn and video producer at Dual Shockers, Christian Macias at ISO Christian underscore ISO Christian. Every time it gets me. Under, yeah, at underscore. Here, here's here's my uh, my little intro for today. Help. Um, Tim okay. something is no longer at Xbox and they're losing. <laughs> I don't know, whatever. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah. We'll, we'll yeah. get to that. Don't you worry. I couldn't even say the joke correctly, but yeah, thank you. <laughs> and I guess the former, I, I should put that in here as well. The former DMZ daddy, the former Tar- Tarkov Teletubby, I don't even know what to call you anymore. Gage Dempster at Gilbo Biggins. Thank you. I, You know what? If This is, this is the sad thing with Call of Duty, is that if they had continued to support DMZ, I would probably still be playing it. It's it's I, I really enjoyed that game. But yeah, former former for now until it gets brought back, hopefully. Indeed. I'm with you. I'm with you on that. It was Tim Dog. Xbox has lost <laughs> yeah. Tim Dog. Yeah. <laughs> Tim Dog down. And thank you to everyone joining us live and participating in the chat. Just as a reminder, we are live each and every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern time on YouTube.com slash at Podcast PXN and Twitch.tv slash Podcast PXN as well. The topic of the show this week, guys, is our state of Xbox. Is Xbox going third party? <laughs> I don't We'll find out. We'll find out. But first, the show always starts with the quick bites so let's go ahead and jump right in guys there are those that said this day would never come what are they to say now halo season two is currently sitting at a 92 percent on rotten tomatoes there's only 13 reviews right now but it is a great start you know what it's a great start it's got. It's only gone up from the initial debut, so that's good. As more reviews come in, the numbers going up. That's. Uh, I really thought this day would never come, so I'm. Uh, this is good. This is looking good. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Moving on, an important news item here in the quick bites. IGN has announced, or IGN's creators rather, have announced that they have created the IGN Creators Guild. Uh, and so essentially it is, uh, they are uniting in solidarity as they strive for a stronger, more equitable IGN. It is of course their unionization of the, uh, IGN creators. Uh, so some very good news for, uh, game industry journalists, um, unionizing here. Yeah. Uh, hopefully it happens and, and Ziff Davis recognizes the, the creators guild as, as a union, cause that would be awesome. And w- I was listening, I think, to someone talk about it. Must have been Rebecca Valentine on Kind of Funny Games. Uh, I had it on in the background. I think she was saying like the reason why we did this now is like a lot of t- unions tend to form during like 
bad times, like during mm. like stressful times. Uh, and we're doing this at like, hopefully like at a good place at work, uh, just to like minimize stress, minimize like worry and, and hopefully like, hopefully get it through with like as little pushback as possible uh, without it interfering with any kind of work stuff as well. So um, yeah, hopefully it goes through. That'd be cool to see. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, our next quick bite is a bit of a sad story here. Toys for Bob's studio office in California is closing after laying off 86 people from the studio. Uh, this is, of course, part of the the 1900 uh, layoffs that Microsoft announced um, from Charlie Intel, which is a famous like Call of Duty informer. Uh, they say that it's not clear what the future of Toys for Bob looks like. Uh, I, I did look them up because I was curious. Uh, apparently, they were around 200 people in the studio as of 2021. So if they were laid off 86, that's almost half uh, the developers. So uh, it'll be I'll be curious to see if like, you know, they're going to keep Toys for Bob and move the offices to a smaller office or if they're going to be absorbed into other studios. But sad nonetheless for the 86 people who are laid off yeah it is a, a shame <laughs> like we talk yeah. keep talking about it every every week that this keeps happening but yeah i guess it was one of those that we were expecting i guess compared to the other ones that seemed to come out of the blue but still sad yeah indeed. disappointing indeed uh, and there were actually there were warranted conversations that I saw as well that uh, Phil was getting criticized because uh, he basically went to that studio and said that the acquisition would uh, only improve things at Toys for Bob. And mm. it's clearly not the not the case. So, uh, yeah, not good. No. A bummer, especially after having uh, Crash Four. It's about time. Yeah, at least at least getting uh, received well, critically, sales wise. Uh, you know, calling it a success is super qualitative. Depending on you know how I, I don't know what the budget for that game was. I don't know what expectations were, but it sold relatively well. It was like four hundred thousand copies ish. Maybe expectations were a bit higher, but still, critically, is is very well received. So, uh, a bummer that you know we don't know if we're getting anything else from toys for Bob in anytime soon or what, what that to do will even look like more, more support, I guess for call of duty again. Oh God. I hope not. <laughs> no, not another, uh, what was it? Vicarious visions. Yeah. They oh, were God. absorbed into blizzard, right? Oh brother. Yep. Moving on. Uh, Elgato has announced their next gen capture cards um so some exciting news for people who are creators on consoles uh hdmi 2.1 capture cards are finally here for series x and ps5 there's also a uh, usb 4kx that works on other devices as well like an ipad as tom warren points out uh the 229.99 4kx is a new usb capture card that lets you capture 4k 144 frames per second if you have a full PC setup, you can uh, buy the 4K Pro, 
which is the actual card that you insert in your motherboard for $279.99, and it supports 8K uh, up to 60 frames per second HDR pass-through, um, all while capturing at 4K 60 FPS HDR as well. So some exciting capture uh, card initiatives coming from Elgato there. I don't know if I'll ever get this, personally. I don't have the bandwidth to even upload or stream anything in like, you know, 4K 60. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. That's Maybe. still cool though for the, I mean, for like actual content creators, you know what I mean? Like, no, right. not that we're not. Sorry, you know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Like professionals in the industry who are required to do this, like IGN and stuff. Professional like that, you know? grade. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. Indeed. Definitely okay. more geared to the YouTubers. Yeah. Like Digital Foundry, I think would be a yeah. good one. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's a good point. I don't. I don't know anyone out there that's streaming at 4K <laughs> or anyone that would. Wa yeah, there's yeah. a lot of people that can't even stream 4K to their device. Right. I was going to say that right? that's not it's it's a it's a game of limitations on both ends of it, because, right. yeah, there's a lot of people that probably can't even ha don't have the bit rate to even watch content 4K 60. Indeed, indeed. Big news for Sonic 3. We got a brand new teaser from Sonic 3. We also got the news that Jim Carrey is officially returning to reprise his role as Robotnik. And we got news that Sonic the Hedgehog 3's main... Oh, I'm sorry. That's the movie. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog 3, the movie, will have the main theme of Sonic Adventure 2. Very iconic soundtrack there hell yeah hell yeah on all three of these <laughs> on all three of these when i saw the the first trailer or the not trailer the teaser of the logo it's very similar to the adventure 2 logo video game uh with the two you know logos i guess of shadow and sonic uh spinning around the logo but yeah i'm, I'm very excited happy that jim carrey's coming back we weren't sure if he was going to after the second one so that's cool i think he does a, a fun robotnik um but yeah I'm, I'm just looking forward to seeing more from it the knuckles tv show is supposed to be coming out this year too i think we're supposed to get a trailer at the super bowl i don't know but uh yeah i'm looking forward to more sonic stuff even if it's not all super great i'm <laughs> i'm here for it i think the movies are good but uh the i most, agree the, the sonic the sonic prime tv show i wasn't super didn't love unfortunately but did the, forward to it. did the knuckles spinoff ever come out for no, that's what i was talking about it's oh. it's, it, it's coming out this year i think okay. and we're getting our first trailer supposedly at the super bowl sick yeah. sick uh real quick uh, on the front of sonic adventure 2 uh there was rumors that sonic 3 the movie is like a full adaptation of the game well, no, mm. no, obviously not one to one it won't be that but but still, like it'll most it mostly is inspired by events from that game. Which, if there's anything to get, is going to get me to actually go watch the movie because I wrote those off after the end of the second one. Is an adaptation of Sonic Adventure Two. Uh, and I don't know if you guys talked about casting rumors. Did you guys talk about this at all in the past couple of weeks? I know I missed. No. Okay. No. Uh, the first is that uh, Hayden Christensen Christensen yeah. is up for um, the voice yeah. of Shadow. I'll stop there. How are you guys feeling about that? Yeah that that'll be awesome <laughs> yeah that'll be really cool uh and then there's also rumors that uh, rouge the bat is is being cast but I, I can't find where it was uh, who the rumors are i'm seeing here we go. i think it was margot robbie zoe saldana emma stone 
uh, is what I've, I've been saying. Jesus. Oh, no, sorry. Kristen Ritter is the one that uh, supposedly has been cast as her, as Rouge. Kristen Jessica Ritter. Jones? Yes. Oh. Yeah, she's, more than, she's more than just that. She's more than just that. Right, right, right. That's, that's, just how, no, no, that's just how I remember her name because I loved, I loved her in that. Yeah. Where where's the love for Breaking Bad or Gilmore Girls? Even <laughs> I love Breaking Bad as well. That's also very good. Never seen Gilmore Girls. <laughs> I see the look of disappointment. <laughs> uh, all right, moving. Hell yes, hell yes. Moving on. Five Resident Evil projects are apparently in development. Uh, two of these projects are expected to be Resident Evil 9 and Resident Evil 5 Remake. Uh, I would suspect that some of the other ones are, at least some of the other ones are VR related because they've supported VR a lot with RE4 Remake and RE, you know, uh, RE2 Remake. Did that support it? I don't remember. But they've had uh, RE7, I think, and RE8 both had VR modes. Yep. So, yeah, I'd say that at least one or two of those are VR uh, games as well. But oh, exciting that at least Capcom's continuing to put new stuff in addition to the remakes that they keep coming out with. They have kind of a pretty nice cadence of releasing yeah. something new and then releasing something, uh, a remake, uh, and then having one of their older games be like adapted into like VR. Like that seems to be like the the, the triple cadence so far, and uh, I'm kind of enjoying that. It's, it's kind of nice. Uh, although people have been asking for Code Veronica for oh, a couple of years now. Um, seemingly, I don't know if they're going to do it or not, but we'll see. And it's crazy to me that they had a RE one remake already, technically, and that that game is already extremely dated, like compared right. to the others. Yep. Yeah, I'd love to see. Uh, it'd be cool if eventually we got to the point where uh, you get like an RE1 remake that's in the style of Resident Evil 2 or something like that, over the shoulder kind of thing, just to experience that whole setting in a completely new way. But yeah, I I don't know. Five five Resident Evil games is a lot, and I wouldn't be I wouldn't be lying if I'm like, uh, is this is this how it happens historically? Like mm -hmm. you know, Ubisoft <laughs> back in the day was at the top of their game, and they're like, you know what, we can just make six of everything. I think, and then that leads you into this cycle of, I don't know. I don't know. That's a lot of games, though. Well, I'm excited for Resident Evil 9, see where that goes. We say that, but like a while ago, it was like, they had like three or four in development at the same time. It was like, the I guess if you want to count like the DLC as a full game, that's what that was one. RE4 mm -hmm. remake. Um, what else? Uh, the VR as well. I guess it's three, but still. Two more? Like, I don't know. If they're outsourcing to other teams or if it's like a smaller project, eh, maybe it's for doable. Sure. And that, and that, and you guys you guys bring up a good point too, right? That's the thing. As soon as you have like a VR or a mobile game in there, then it's like, okay, obviously that's not the same as having five full yeah. games ready to yeah. go back to back to back. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, no, I'm still uh, very excited. I'm for with it. you though. Yeah, I, I, I hope like the bigger project is like, all right, this is like getting like more of a focus. You know what I mean? Stuff like that, right? Yeah. And it, and it has nothing to do with the development teams. It's just the publishing side where it's like, okay, you guys have been getting a lot of praise for like a lot of years straight back to back. Let's not take our foot off the creative gas here. Let's you know keep the quality up oh yeah resident evil operation raccoon city 2 no i'm kidding don't do that that first <laughs> one was bad the first one was bad don't that was that. The, that was one of the jankiest messes i've ever played yeah that was bad 
they don't have any uh, reason to do this, but as, as someone who isn't into the Resident Evil stuff that much, because I'm not a horror game guy, selfishly, it would be cool if they do, like, have this treatment for their other, like, classic titles that are cult classics and stuff, like Beautiful Joe. I think Killer 7 is one that people used to like. I never played it. But um, Beautiful Joe, seeing that come back would be kind of cool. They, again, they have no reason to do that. Nobody clamoring for these games like resident evil but dino crisis <laughs> but at, at your but at the same point Rashan, i think it's totally possible and this is why i give capcom so much credit because dragon's dogma was that game as well that was a cult yeah, classic yeah. that nobody was talking about and they had no reason to bring back but now they've brought that game back and seemingly have given it this massive triple a budget so like that's the type of capcom i really like and and you know hopefully that's what we get more of because of the success of these resident evil games that they spin off and they bring back some of these cult classics because there's there's no reason to bring back Dragon's Dogma at all. It was, nobody was clamoring for it, and yet here it is, looking fucking incredible. <laughs> so you never know, Rashan. You never know. No, yeah. True, true. Indeed, you never know. Just like we won't know if Call of Duty is set to embrace the open world campaign approach for Black Ops. Gulf War and beyond coming from insider gaming, of course, Tom Henderson. Uh, this year, Call of Duty is set to embrace an open world campaign. It won't be the first time that the series has seen open world, uh, yada, 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 yada. Modern Warfare 3, which I don't think was received very well. Uh, but, however, Gulf War's campaign has been built from the ground up rather than using assets from previous entries. Currently, the game's open world will see the player and their squad navigate the map more akin to that of Far Cry than anything we've seen before in the Call of Duty universe. Players will be able to utilize vehicles to get around as well as using a fast travel system to get from one point to the next. Although the scope of how many linear emissions there will be remains to be seen, sources have confirmed that some linear emissions will be integrated into the game. The campaign, which is being developed by Raven, uh, and the multiplayer and zombies will be handled by Treyarch. We'll see the return of some Black Ops characters, including Adler, who will be part of your team. Uh, outside of Gulf War, sources also revealed that it's likely the series could lean into more open-world campaigns over linear moving forward. Call of Duty 2025, codenamed Saturn, which currently doesn't have an assigned leading developer, which is insane, is also pitched to have an open-world campaign. Um there's more here, but I think that's you got the gist of it. Yeah, I think we are all pretty quick to react the same way at first first glance, which is, oh, good. Another campaign that takes place in the Battle Royale map. That's, uh, you know, that was like one of the worst received parts of Modern Warfare 3. But if this game comes out and if, if they're true to their word that say, like, it's on a map that is like, say, maybe four times the size of a Battle Royale map, like it feels like an actual Far Cry sized map. And it's completely unique and different from the Battle Royale map. I'm willing to give that a, sh a shot. Like, I think that's interesting because they have done the same formula for so long. But I am, I, I think, rightly concerned that, like, the idea of just taking multiplayer assets and shoving a campaign into those is, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't seem like it's really uh, fruitful creative-wise. Like, it just seems, like, very lazy to me. But we'll see. We'll see what ends up happening. Which is so funny to me because Halo used to do the opposite. Like they would take campaign missions and turn them into multiplayer maps. Like Halo Reach did that a lot. Uh, I know Bungie 
basically pulled a bunch of those. So it's it's interesting that they're trying to do the reverse of that because I feel like that's harder to try to, you know, right. make a campaign out of a multiplayer map than vice versa. Yeah. I'm like somewhere in the middle of this. Like I, I went like this initially, but only because I worry about like the precedent after this. Uh, as Gage mentioned uh, like a couple episodes ago, like this is like developed by Treyarch and it's been in development for like what is four years now. If someone's going to do like an, an open world Far Cry uh, campaign and and succeed, it'll probably be like Treyarch because they make when they're when they're allowed the time to do it, they make some pretty cool damn stuff, right? And we, I think we all agree there, right? Um, so I have no doubt, like if they do get to like fully envision something that is uh, like to the scope of what they aim to be, that could be actually pretty cool, right? But like I worry, like if if that is successful, what do like the subsequent Call of Duties look like, or even like what does like multiplayer side looks like? And I worry that then you'll developers could fall into like the homogenized side where it's like yeah the the campaign takes place in the same map that is also the battle royale and then you just right. rip off places from the battle royale and put it into multiplayer and like suddenly like everything feels kind of samey and like i'm engaging with a product in a less interesting way than i than i otherwise would have with like more like linear kind of stuff developed specifically for for like single player so i don't know it, it's obviously like a wait and see type deal but yeah, uh, from what it sounds like, if they if they can make that a reality, that could be cool and interesting for a, a new Call of Duty game. Very cool. Very cool. Maybe. We'll see. We will find out in November when I will announce the release date of Call of Duty Gulf War, which is going to be November 12th. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just making stuff up now. November twelfth. You're gonna you're gonna tell us in November that the release date is November twelfth. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. yeah uh, whatever. <laughs> Moving on. Square Enix is set to overhaul how it makes games. Apparently, after flat sales, you know, since that happens all the time, they had to get rid of Square Enix. Uh, or uh, they had to get rid of. Idos Montreal. They had to sell them to Embracer, and then half of them get laid off. Uh, right. Yeah, brilliant. Square Enix, brilliant. According to Bloomberg, Square Enix director and president Takashi Kiro uh, told analysts that this week that the company's new structure will be announced by spring 2024 and put in place in time for the start of April, and aims to improve the quality of the company's games. Um, in its financial results for the nine months ending December 2023, Square Enix's sales were essentially flat, with sales from its digital entertainment business actually down 4.7%. Um, they also say it's somewhat surprising given the release of Final Fantasy 16 in June. Maybe let's release it on all the platforms, but, you know, that's just me. I don't know. Uh, hopefully that... I don't know. The... Uh, what do you even take from this? Because Final Fantasy 16 was a really well-regarded game, so like they're acting like their games are bad. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I I don't know what what this new strategy is going to be, but uh, whatever it is, hopefully it it does <laughs> it does assist the uh, whatever issues they're they're having. Like you said, Dan, with like having. Final Fantasy 16 on multiple platforms may have helped the sales. Right. Um, so maybe they take a look at, at their partnerships and see how that helps. But it seems like they're focusing on how they develop games. I don't know if that's different from where it's releasing, but 
whatever they're doing, I hope it helps because I think the games that they're already making are good. Um, not all of them are hits, but most of them I feel are are up to the quality standard. So I'm not sure what's what's the problem behind closed doors. Right. You know what else is a pl- problem behind closed doors? And. <laughs> <laughs> An Elden Ring mobile game is on the way. And Christian, you're so excited, as we can tell. It's be I can't wait to pay for Estes flasks, it's, dude. It's, it's, I'm so excited. It's, it's so funny how like the, like the bullet point of information just gets worse and worse. Like at first, it's, it's I mean, there's been numerous tweets about this. It's like an Elden Ring mobile game is in development already. It's like okay, I I guess, and it's like uh, Tencent is developing it. Uh, that sucks. Uh, and then it's a free-to-play game inspired by Genshin Impact, wherein uh, they're looking to like have in-app purchases. And it's like, oh, this is like the worst thing you could have done out of acquiring this franchise. Is like turn this this singular product into like a gotcha game. That's like yeah. antithetical to everything from software did with that game. It's like, okay, you're gonna you're gonna basically ruin the telos of Elden Ring, which is a bummer. And I'm kind of glad that um, they're having development struggles with it for the past two years apparently they canceled another project that was like very similar where they were going to adapt something else i can't remember what it is right now um and i'm glad they they, they shelved it because I, I i don't think this is like good for, i i don't want to see more of this from the industry yep see the jokes on you christian because they actually turned that other game into elden ring mobile game they just slapped the title on it it's still the same <laughs> thing that they were making they just slapped it on yeah they just <laughs> pivoted yeah, yeah nice <laughs> all right what else is nice though guys hell divers 2 is killing it already in sales it's currently number one on the steam's hot, uh, top sellers list for paid games in the u.s it's already ahead of pow world it's also the number one most pre-ordered game on the playstation store in the u.s and other regions and it looks like as Okami13 says on Twitter, it's the first shooter in years for PlayStation doing reasonably well. And somebody else tweeted, technically, it's the first live service game from PlayStation. Yep. Mm. Yeah. And uh, first first day and date PC and PS5 launch for an exclusive. Exclusive. Whatever that means. This is awesome. I did. I, I will. So as somebody, I think all four of us were, this is one of those few games that all four of us were kind of, I think roughly equally excited to play i didn't expect it to do this well at all even a little bit like i i didn't honestly i thought this game would come out i thought it would be good and i was excited to play it and it would have its niche fun little group i was not expecting top 10 i wasn't even i was not expecting number one spot in top in steam's sales charts so this is awesome and uh you know the dog i have in this fight is that it's a third person over the shoulder shooter so hopefully this uh this is the start of something because I I absolutely love that genre and I I need more of it. I'm this is awesome. This is all good news to me. As I've noted, Helldivers One was like insanely fun back in the the PS3 days. Uh, like I, I was sold on this game as soon as it was announced because I, I I loved Helldivers One so much. I saw IGN's preview just because I was I needed to get a little bit of of a fix somehow with the game releasing soon. You know what I mean? Right. And their only worry is like, hey, you know, it, it, after a couple hours with the game, it felt like I was kind of um, approaching like the gist of everything there was to see. Like, pr- granted, there's procedural el- elements in it, but like, grant, you know, when you play Lethal Company so much, it, that starts to feel kind of like the same in a in right. its own way. And he's like, 
that's the only thing I'm uh, I'm getting. The only negative I'm getting out of the game so far is like after a couple hours, I'm already kind of feeling like I'm 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 seeing sort of most of what this game has to offer. And then like the next day, there was an announcement made that like all future DLC for Helldivers Two will be free. And it's like okay, well then that's awesome. And it's also like a forty dollar game or whatever, like maybe fifty, I guess. But still, that's very cool to see. Right. And like every this, it's it's funny because. The, the studio that develops this it's not a it's like a second party type situation isn't it where they're yeah. not owned but it, okay they yeah. just have exclusive publishing rights because i was gonna say this everything about this game seems antithetical to jim ryan's playstation that he's developed over the past year you think about every single thing that's going on with this game day and date pc and uh and playstation launch all future dlc is free cross progression cross play and yet it's blowing up it's almost mm. as if there's a reason for that so, I mean, hopefully nice. this is the start of something. No, they'll take the wrong lessons from it. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, yeah. People want more third-person shooters. That's all they want. Uh, they do. Also, also yes, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> That's the right lesson. That's a good lesson. <laughs> they'll find a way to... No, but you're right, Dan. They'll find a way yeah. to take the wrong lesson. Yeah. For sure. All right. Uh, Spider-Man 2's long-awaited update is finally coming March 7th with New Game Plus and some new suits being added. Uh, Insomniac said stay tuned for their uh, full list of updates and features coming soon. So, I think this is also the update where you can finally change the time of day after beating mm -hmm. the game, or at any point, I mean. Yeah. It's nice. Very cool. Also cool. We've got Shredder and Splinter in the Fortnite shop next week, along with some free Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle stuff. Did you hear yeah, that, Glenn? Uh, so I saw, uh, I, I'm getting Fortnite videos in my algorithm now on TikTok, <laughs> and mostly it's like shared to me from other people because I don't really scroll TikTok anymore. But still, like I saw like there's like the TMNT hoverboard, there's like the shell, like glider, different skins. Uh, and then, like, in the game, you can now pick up the TMNT weapons, and they each, like, have different, like, abilities to them, and you can kind of swing them around. Like, Leonardo's has, like, a double jump. Maybe they all have double jumps, but I saw Leonardo's sword has, Katana's has, like, a has a double jump and stuff. So, oh, that was cool. That's fun. Christian's our uh, resident Fortnite expert now. Yeah, I'm <laughs> almost level 100 in the battle pass, so I think I'm, like, 96, 97. Damn. I've turned into low-key a bit of a sweat sometimes. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> I promise you. But not in build mode, the most important mode. He's cranking 360s <laughs> on four-year-olds on the daily. Uh, all right. Sending them back to the fucking lobby. <laughs> Apparently, I should have put some of these stories in street meets. My apologies. I didn't put anything in street meets. So that takes us to the PXN news of the week. Guys. This might be actually considered, you know, street meat news of the week. Uh, that's a new thing. Right. Uh, the new PlayStation handheld, question mark, uh, may be on the way, powered by AMD and is in early development. Uh, we have some information uh, here that a new PlayStation handheld is in early development. It is expected to have 18 CUs, which is compute units, and a GPU clock speed of 1.8 gigahertz or slower, which that's a weird way to describe that, 1.8 gigahertz or slower. Like, normally it would be, you would say, or faster. I don't know. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, like the lowest version and then say it might be better instead of the highest. Right. <laughs> 
the slower clock speed is to maintain oh okay this makes sense then the slower clock speed is to maintain compatibility with ps4 and ps5 titles uh the handheld is rumored to be in the same line as the steam deck it may be capable of playing ps4 games and some ps5 games with a patch the device is being developed by sony in collaboration with amd and the PlayStation handheld aims to compete with other portable gaming devices on the market. Are we excited about a new it, PSP? It is so funny that the PlayStation Portal exists is my first <laughs> takeaway. Because that, that that is such a Jim Ryan product. Maybe it was greenlit beforehand, but like it 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 was released under Jim Ryan's helm, right? And so it feels like like yes, the demand for this. For, for for this kind of hardware, I think is more warranted in the wake of like Switch continued success and then the newfound success from um, the Steam Deck particularly. And then, you know, other PC handhelds, but particularly the Steam Deck. It's like, cool. We're in a place now where people are actually enjoying handheld gaming to this degree. It's like, okay, this is going to get like other hardware manufacturers to make something akin to that. Like maybe Microsoft is R&Ding something on, on their end as well. Maybe they, like, it'd be cool to do like Game Pass games with like a handheld. That could work as well, right? Uh, I had some. I had a point where I was going with this, but I can't anymore. I, I I totally derailed myself somehow. Anyway, this could work on PlayStation's end, but it also is like okay. Then what? What is the point of the PlayStation Portal? Which Nothing. I think I don't understand how that thing keeps selling. Like I keep seeing it's that ridiculous. sold out. Yeah, it's and, ridiculous. I I don't know. And you know what? I think it's totally it totally makes sense that we got. I I would actually argue that the PlayStation Portal because there's not a lot of actual tech inside that thing. I would say, I would argue that it probably was greenlit under Jim Ryan. I don't think that's something that took, you know, six, mm. seven years of R&D. I really don't. It's just it's just a LCD screen with, like, a tiny little battery and maybe, like, what, 10 gigs of storage for the operating system, if that. Like, and, but, but that is the, to it's totally Jim Ryan's PlayStation to release a product like that. And then release the actual product that people want after, after they've already made all their money from the fucking portal. I don't know. I, I, I think this sounds cool, but I'm just so burned from the portal and how I think that that's such a big scam. That like this kind of, I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready to be excited about a PlayStation handheld because of the portal. But this is, but yes, this is absolutely what everybody wanted. What I, something that I would be interested in. Absolutely. The biggest thing for me is... <laughs> Will they actually support it with first party content? Because that is the right. reason why the Vita died so quickly. They had great first party support initially, I, but then they stopped making stuff for it. Like, I don't I, think they need to. I don't know. Not if, not if it's treated not if it's treated as like you know, analogous to like what a Switch Two and a I don't know the Steam Deck is like a way to play your mobile games local locally this time on a piece of hardware. But then, and not just and is then, that enough though? But is that enough? Like, right. what, what's the system seller? Because especially if this thing, if we're looking at development track, this thing's probably coming out. You know, probably at least at least a year and a half, two years from now, we're getting close to PS6 territory. So if this has the power to run only some PS5 games, it's not going to be able to. You're not going to just be able to port PS6 games to it. You are going to get into the territory where you're going to need to start having separate games developed for it. In which case. Is Sony going to actually like? I think Dan has a legitimate concern there. Is Sony actually going to foot the bill mm -hmm. and allow studios to develop separate versions of games, if not separate games entirely, for this product? 
Right. I love the Vita. I, I mean, I enjoyed Golden Abyss, Uncharted Golden Abyss. I know people aren't as high on it, but I enjoyed it for what it was. But yeah, it, and it makes a confusing marketing message, in my opinion, by saying some PS5 games will work. Right. Like, I don't know. It'd be interesting. Yeah, not the way the they all... say, to, to me, it seems like not necessary from from a business standpoint, especially like you said, with the portal already out there. And even though this would be a better version of that with the PS5 doing so well, and it, it just I don't, I don't know, it, it, it sounds weird to me. And especially how Dan was explaining it just now with uh, like, I think, well, actually, how Gage was explaining it just now. It doesn't really seem to be a need for it uh, at this time. To answer the biggest question that Gage posed, which is, um, if it is more akin to like something that like will require um, games that exist only on that device per se, like will Sony support it? Your answer is look at PSVR two. Is Sony supporting? <laughs> yeah, that? that's true. Right. And the answer there is no. So if it's it's more akin to something like that, then I'd be wary about buying buying yeah. this portal it's funny because like on paper they technically support it but it's almost like the equivalent of like quiet quitting like sony is quiet quitting the psvr2 where it's like they're showing up and like you know once every eight months they'll release some sort of you know exclusive title for it but like yeah no not really it's that thing is that thing's uh on its on its last legs for sure already and it came out what a year and a half ago two years ago i don't even know yeah (laughs) That's crazy, and it, and but and this is the thing with Sony, and hopefully this is a problem with Jim Ryan Sony because that thing came out, and a bunch of tech people who aren't video games journalists, not to you know make any comments there, but like tech people who break these things down like to the actual hardware, the PSVR two is an incredibly impressive headset, mm-hmm. yep. and Sony is letting it die. That is the most frustrating part. It, it it outclasses in terms of specs most of the PC VR headsets, but Sony just doesn't. They just they they fumble on the software side of things every time. And I think, yeah, part of that is the install base that I I just don't I don't think people want to spend that amount of money after already spending five hundred dollars on the console that you need as well. So it's a it's a large ask. Um, Natalie says Christian definitely is a sweat. So there you go, (laughs) inside scoop. And then uh, Kirik says he he made it. Thank you, Kirik. Thank you for joining us. You're back. I missed you. Hell yeah. We are in the PXN News of the Week, and the next item is Disney has announced a $1.5 billion stake in Epic Games. Uh, They showed off this weird... A large map uh, with different universes surrounding it, uh, including, you know, Marvel and Star Wars and ESPN and Disney Plus and all the stuff from Disney. Um, And we got a little bit of information from a little blurb from PR as well that says the new persistent universe will offer a multitude of opportunities for consumers to play, watch, shop and engage with content, characters and stories from Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, Avatar and more. Players, gamers and fans will be able to create their own stories and experiences, express their fandom in a distinctively Disney way and share content with each other in ways that they love. This all will be powered by Unreal Engine. So Disneyland in Fortnite, I guess. I don't know. 
the tagline for this was play, watch, create, shop. And <laughs> consumerism. That's the most disgusting thing you could end a trailer with, in my opinion. Is it I was gonna Clearly. say, like, is it dramatic to say that this feels a little dystopian? Like, I don't know. It's just so like yeah it's so like come on come come look come look at all the things you love all the things you love and, and they're in the shop too and you can buy them come on come in it's like all right <laughs> you all know Fortnite is like it's so sorry go ahead oh no you go ahead it it is it, it is dystopian if it happened anywhere else but because it's Fortnite, it's it's sort of acceptable for whatever right. reason because everyone dismisses it as like oh it's Fortnite, it's it's laughable but it's also like we a 1.5 billion is a lot of money to invest in like some kind of you know experience that now is going to be like what do you, what would you call predatorized for kids mostly yep that's 1.5 billion dollars not gifted invested they yeah, want that right. money oh back oh and then some obviously and but then, yeah, and, uh, yeah. yes exactly right so yeah i don't know that's uh i'm glad that i'm, I'm I've, <laughs> I've run out of steam on the whole Fortnite thing but Glenn, 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 you're about to make Disney a lot oh of money. God. That's dangerous. <laughs> See, that's dangerous for Glenn. Fuck. Yep. Uh, and you guys know how largely positive I am usually about like Marvel and Star Wars and that kind of stuff. I'm usually pretty positive, but like this is like Christian was saying, this is literally just like consumerism. Yeah. 100%. Like there's no. There's no real like art in this. This is just like, here you go. Here's all the properties that we have. It's like, all right, sure. And I'm sh I'm sure they'll do like some kind of cool. Like they're they're doing like, you know how Fortnite recently with their a partnership with Unreal Engine, they have like unique experiences yeah. now, and they have like a whole sh page where you can look at and play experiences. I'm sure they'll do something like that. And like you mentioned, you know. Fortnite Disney where you can go to these events and stuff like I'm sure that will be a thing but it's also gonna be like a like heavily monetized no matter where you go left and right all that said though the day that you know Pandora comes to Fortnite the, the Fortnite BR map I'll be like you know what let's get it done let's drop it let's drop in <laughs> get it done get it done hell yeah are you are you ready for Avatar seven and eight that James Cameron's thought you up? You saw that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he said that he's gonna die before that happens. Yeah. So he's like, I'm gonna pass the torch on to someone else. That's actually a pretty cool article about him, like talking about like, man, never mind. <laughs> I, I, you know shout what I James got? Cameron, shout out to James Cameron. You know what I got from that? You know what I got from that? I was like, no shit, you'll be dead by then. It took you fucking how many ten plus years to come out with the second one. <laughs> And you know, and and but now you know why after you see it. You oh haven't seen yeah. It yet. No, I did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One like one of the most technically impressive things yeah. ever put to screens. Like so. F Never mind. <laughs> Shout out. You know what? Shout out to Weta Effects because yeah, it's not black magic. It's talent. It's a lot of talented people in New Zealand that are busting their ass to bring the impossible to screen. Shout out to them. Oh yeah. I like that Cameron guy. He's cool. This Cameron guy's all right. <laughs> and now we've made it to the moment Roe has been waiting for because he is the man on this segment, and it mm -hmm. is Final Fantasy VII Rebirth State of Play that was shown off and a demo announced available now. Got some pretty screenshots here from their uh, presentation. Red, what do you think about our outfits? Oh, my God. Huh? 
Oh, uh, <clears throat> that was fun. that was hilarious. Hilarious. I did see that part. But as I told you guys before the podcast, I didn't watch the whole thing because it was pretty spoilery. But from what I did see, it just looks like more good stuff that I want to consume as, as we're talking about <laughs> with the uh, other stuff. But uh, less monetized. So I'm very excited to play this. Uh, I saw uh, a couple of gameplay stuff with how the map is ginormous and how it's like all interconnected i don't think it's fully open world i think it's like more like open zone thing but the zones are like really big and vast to explore um so that's exciting Uh, a lot of mini games i love the mini games in the first one and it looks like they added a bit more with uh other characters so like tifa has her own mini game barrett has her own mini game um so that's fun as well what else did i see that i can mention um yeah, there's, there's, I, I, again, I didn't watch the whole thing because I didn't want to spoil it for myself, but I'm, I'm very, very excited. I didn't play the demo either. I just want to play it when it comes out. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. You save progress. I saw that progress does save for the most oh. part, like items and stuff that you gather and like other stuff that you do in that demo will transfer over. But I, I do also know that the Nibelheim section is like not at the beginning, so it's like in more of like a, the early st- or later stages of the early start of the game and that if you do play the demo once you buy the full game and you're playing the full game you can then choose to then skip that section i wonder what that does like pacing wise for like players who play the demo and then you know skip that section later on right it's a little bit weird but interesting very interesting very interesting uh Those- screenshots are gorgeous yes yeah dude the a lot of the art for that game is is nuts that's exactly what i was gonna say i'm not a final fantasy person or i've never really played them but this yeah this is beautiful like incredibly beautiful maybe i'll maybe i'll play the demo it's free you know why not try it out maybe i love it and i come back next week and i'm a final (laughs) fantasy fanatic play the remake on the weekend yeah (laughs) i beat the first remake and then or not first but seven part one here's here's what you do you like the demo so much you watch a story of the original ff7 Mm. that way you can then play the remake and see all like the changes because they're doing like a new timeline thing it's like wait what's going on (laughs) freak out moving forward at rebirth Gage just saw the next PXN News of the Week item, and he's excited. Oh, real quick, I also want to mention, uh, Nomura said that he is uh, a little bit scared about how fans are going to perceive the ending of this game leading into Part 3. He stops there, but it's, like, very cryptic. There's, like, a lot of theories of, like, you know, um, I've seen some people talk about, like, how Part 2 will end at where the original one ends, and then the Part 3 will be all new stuff, uh, new timeline stuff. It's, like, mul- not multiverse, but you know what I mean. There's various different theories being thrown out there, and you know, having a comment like that will only feed those kind of like, oh, shit, what kind of ending are we expecting with, with Rebirth? Who knows? Everyone dies. Yeah. I'm just kidding. God. <laughs> Swag, including the player. Yeah. It sends shocks through the dual the shock. Dual sense explodes yeah. in your hands. Yeah, dual sense. Buy a new one. Jim Ryan's America. <laughs> Incredible. All right, our last news of the week item. Christian, take it away. Nightingale, what do we got? 
Yeah, so Nightingale is a co-op survival PvE game that's coming out in, gosh, just a couple of days. Just, just uh, two weeks, I think. It's like the 19th or 20th. It's coming out in early access. I also found out it's coming out it's $30 US. I guess 40 Canadian, which is like very modestly priced and competitively priced with a lot of products, which I think is was awesome. And I got to play it. I'm still playing it. I will be playing it more for work. Um, and I, I like... I am very pleasantly surprised by this game. Mm -hmm. The story stuff, like the pitch for this game, I thought was really cool. Magic was emerged in, it takes place in alternate history of Earth. Magic was like emerged in the the 1500s. The game takes place in 1889 after like a cataclysmic event that pushes all like the realm walkers, these little like realms that you go into. Uh, Everyone like escapes Earth. But then when everyone is escaping, something happens with the realm. So all like realm walkers gets pushed across the various realms. Right. And so like the, the, the gist of the game is like you, you awake and the game is like card based where like if you want to travel to a new realm, you need a realm card, which will determine the biome, things like forest or desert or swamp. And you need a major card, which when you pair the, and the major card will like determine the kind of like things that you'll encounter in the world, whether it be like enemies or various like structures and stuff. So it's procedurally generated to an extent, but it's still, they've made stuff that is like, if you play these kinds of cards, you're going to get these type of experiences. So when you combine them, you go through a portal and you enter a new realm and you can start to gather supplies and, and, you know, the typical survival crafting stuff that you're already familiar with. And so I started playing this and you go through the tutorial. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm, this feels like a survival game. I'm already, used to and then once you get thrown into your first actual realm past the sort of like the tutorial it feels like i had a similar moment maybe not quite to the degree i did with from software but i had a similar moment when you like see some of the stuff present in Elden ring being like holy shit what is this and i'm finding those kinds of moments to a smaller scale throughout my so far like three hours with nightingale where i'm seeing creatures that are like what the fuck is that i've seen like spider trees and like these uh, cosmo giant antlers that are immune to my weapons but then freak they got scared when they saw me and they like ran away and on their way out went through a bunch of trees and the trees like collapsed with because of the physics and i was able to gather the wood and now i have a bunch of wood at my camp and there's like all kinds of these these little places that are the more you explore and the more you upgrade you can go through and kind of like experience these little like mini dungeons and and do these little mini tasks and it'll tell you once you you find them on the map you can see what kind of reward you would get for completing them even the weather effects i thought was like surprisingly really interesting you have to worry about rain because rain will then the more rain that accumulates the more wet you get which will uh make adjustments to your like stamina but also your rest there's like two different little right. meters that you have to keep um but then when i was out there and trying to take shelter from the rain it started hailing and now when when there's hail i'm getting little like m- minute chips to my uh to my your health what do you call it oh. and my health thank you um but I, I wasn't able to craft an umbrella yet to, to take uh, shelter from that while I explore. So I'm having to run across and find these little like structures. But then like these like demon things came out while I'm trying to uh, take shelter. It's a lot of fun. And then I came across like a lot of NPCs as well. that are like 
purposely put there. Uh, they're like handcrafted little like side quests you can do with these people. Like there's like voiceover with with some of these. And then you can also hire NPCs to help you out in, in the wild six player multiplayer survival, which is cool. But if you're playing alone, you can also hire people to, to play with you. And I am continuously pretty su- surprised with like how fresh Nightingale feels in the survival genre. Um, I have to play more for work, but I'm kind of excited to discover what else I can find out there. Pretty It's pretty cool. Are you, are you expecting also, this? Oh, go ahead. Also, very nice to have a game where when you are encumbered because it's survival, you have an inventory. Very cool to like open up your map and you can just hit a button to teleport you back to your shelter uh, if you are encumbered. That way, yes, it's like okay, fuck, I have way too many things on me. Uh, I'm in, I'm near a place, but I don't want to drop the things I have on me. Just teleport back, open up your chest, put your stuff in there, and you will have to go back. But it's just way easier to not right. have to worry about that kind of stuff. Um, what's I gonna say? I don't know if you're allowed to say based on uh the preview, but how do you think this is gonna do when it comes out? Do you think it's gonna it's this month, right? February twentieth. Yeah, but it's early access. Uh, I I think it will do well with with the people who are interested in survival games because it's so unique with the things it's doing with the the realms. Um, like if if it didn't have that, I'm not I'm not sure. Maybe how? Okay, it's kind of tough. Because I haven't seen everything the game has to offer with so far. But what they're doing with, like, the handcrafted stuff within the procedural world, I think, is really cool so far. And being so unique with the realm stuff and, and more magic that I, get, I think is introduced later on, uh, I think is going to give this game more life than uh, what I originally thought. Yeah. Cool. It sounds cool. I like it. So, it up when you're talking about it. This is a dangerous. Also, this is a dangerous time for me to live in. Too many, <laughs> too many survival games coming out that all look really good. And Power World's your favorite, I, right? No, just kidding. No, <laughs> no. There's. A, I would do want to mention the character creation is actually pretty sick. Um, there's the typical stuff where you can choose your class, like starting class kind of thing. They're pretty interesting. What I found wild that I haven't seen in a game before is once you're done pick like customizing your character, you can then open up your ancestry. Uh, so you can look at your, your, your mom and your dad, your grandparents, your great grandparents, and then your great, great grandparents, and you can assign them all different presets. Uh, so that then you can go down another layer and look at your heritage. I think it's heritage. Um, and they're like these, like, it's like a four X and Y axis kind of slider and you can move around and whoever you've chosen as your like lineage will inform the kind of face that your character has but just by moving around the slider i just played around with that for like five minutes like this is kind of cool i haven't seen this That's before cool. yeah mm. interesting you were influencing future generations by a slider i made my eyes bigger <laughs> hell yeah all right well that's our uh news of the week gents and uh, we don't have a ch- fantasy draft check in this week because there's no new additions. However, Hell Divers 2, I think Christian, you said is going to be getting reviewed later this week. So I'm sure we'll have that next week. Great. Good. Who has that on their fantasy draft? I forget who picked it you up. You know who it? has it on your fucking fantasy draft. <laughs> I don't. I'm legit asking. I don't know who picked this up. You. <laughs> is it really? Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. That's what's up, dude. 
gonna be good. It's gonna be good. I'm getting nervous now. Uh, seeing you and Roe get all these points, I'm I'm nervous. Me and Gage haven't even scratched the surface at this point. Just waiting for your games to come out. Well, I had one come out, but you know, only seventeen points. You know, doesn't match your guys' twenty. All right. <laughs> Moving in to what you got for me. Daniel, what you got for me? I am still a piece of shit, and I've still just played Halo. So here I am another week. I've only played Halo. I'm still loving it, still enjoying it. I do want to say that the uh, there was a really cool fucking pack that came out yesterday uh, for, the, um, for the new year or whatever. Uh, fuck. There's a specific new year and that's escaping my new mind. Lunar, new, lunar, yes. Lunar, lunar yeah. yeah. Yes. And it is fucking sick. Like there's a little animated dragon that is an armor effect that goes around your shoulder. It looks so cool. Uh, but yes, it is in the shop. So you got to pay money for that. But you know, <laughs> it looks very cool. Um, so yeah, Halo. Ro, what you got for me? Uh, this week I have two games. One, uh, my girlfriend came over and we played Overcooked together. Oh, yes. That was, that was my first time playing Overcooked, but she... No way? That was really? my first time playing it. But she was a, she's a pro, so uh, she was like very like teaching me how to do the earlier levels and then like we're not moving on to the next one until we get three stars so <laughs> i had to <laughs> i couldn't she knows what's up she knows, she knows what's, what's up, up. she's you not playing around i i did not so she was like very patient but it's sometimes like just laughing hysterically this game is like it's awesome i wish i had played it sooner um and then i played overcooked 2 at her house the other day but this one's really good this is really good and i i I've been sleeping on it for far too long, um, but it's a, it's a it's a good one. I don't know if there's there's not really much to say. I'm sure all you guys are familiar with Overcooked. I'm just I just wanted to bring it up because I I can't believe I've waited this long to play it. I'm surprised that you've never. It must have just been like coincidental timing because I'm because like I'm pretty sure the last few times that you've hung out with me and I've had like a bunch of people over. Overcooked is you. We <laughs> almost we always get into it at some point. I'm just wondering if it's if it's usually after you end up leaving because I'm pretty sure last time we did end up playing it. But I'm so glad that you've gotten into this. It's it's such a great game. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. Next time, next time I'm over, I definitely want to play it with. Uh... With you guys, I'm always there for for Mario Kart and Smash Bros. But I miss right. The Overcooked. Yeah, um, when you have who, four people screaming at each other, it's it gets <laughs> it gets intense. And who You're won? You're pretty much just acting out the bear. Who won the Mario Kart and Smash Brothers? Oh, here we Me. go. Glenn won Mario Kart. Glenn won Mario Kart. <laughs> Wash the fucking dishes, Gage. Give me a plate. I need a plate. The rice is burning. Oh God. Yeah. The other, the other one that I was playing is uh, Persona 3 Reload, which I want to also mention that Mario 64 just mentioned that it sold over 1 million copies in its first week, uh, which is making wow. it the, the fastest selling Atlas game, which also maybe they should do this more often where it's on multiple platforms, which mm. they don't do very often. Persona 5 was a PlayStation exclusive for I don't know how long. It only just recently came to the Xbox a couple of years ago. And Nintendo has a bunch of Anyways, I digress. It, I, I hope they continue doing this this more so more people get to play them um, because I'm loving it a lot. Persona 3, I have never played. I played Persona 4, played Persona 5, but I never played 3. So this is the perfect time for me to play it with the remake. And it's really great so far. It's more Persona. If you're familiar with it, you know the 
you know the, the deal uh, christian yes keep going oh okay. after um yeah so you're going through these dungeons killing all the monsters and when you kill the monsters their cards show up and once you get a card you get to choose either xp get a new persona or items or something and the persona your character can wield multiple ones and they have different attacks that beat up the enemies of course but the whole point of persona is usually to those social links and those characters and that's really why i enjoy it so much is just getting to know the different characters in the game and progressing in the story and the game encourages you to talk to different characters because each character has a, uh, a, a particular element, I guess, that's linked to the personas that you collect. And the more you talk to them, the stronger your personas get. So, for example, if you talk to a certain guy who has a fool element and you talk to him more and more and more, the more you get closer to that character, the stronger your, your persona will get. So when you're in the battles, that helps a lot from the outside world as well. Um, so, yeah, that's having a good time with them. Still pretty early on. But uh, I've been introduced to a couple of fun characters so far, so excited to play more. Christian. Yeah, the street meet uh, for Persona that I forgot to write in or include here is that uh, Atlas is reportedly working on three Persona games, um, a remaster or of some kind with uh, Persona 4, I believe, P4G, uh, a remake of Persona 2, uh, and then, of course, working on Persona 6, so more persona coming in the future hell yeah i would love a remake of persona 4 in this new style that would be awesome they obviously they they did like a persona 5 royal for persona persona 5 royal for persona 4 with golden because persona 4 was like a ps2 game or something i don't know um but yeah it'd be cool to to if they continue that because i like with, with me with persona 3 I, I don't think everybody has played uh those games especially the early ones like two and one um so that'd be really cool and of course, Glenn's here in the chat row, and he says that game is chaos, referring to Overcooked. Overcooked, yes. <laughs> oh, God. Christian, what you got for me? Yeah, a lot of lot of things this week. I, I, I guess I should just start mentioning like new video essay up. I guess uh, sure. this one about like what makes what defines a a, a souls like. Uh, let's let's analyze that definition in the the hottest game, the best souls like game, Lies of P. So I got into it for 30 minutes and just chilled. I tied myself up to my, my ceiling using using yarn. I was a I was a puppet on camera. Um, <laughs> I also sat down and played Silent Hill, uh, the Silent Message, the the free game that released after last week's state of play. Um, not a long experience. Like I think the how long to beat varies between an hour and a half to about three hours, depending on your play style and how quickly you get through the segments. Um, I, I, I was kind of anti getting this game for a while and I was seeing stuff on Twitter like this, this game is pro suicide. This is so, why would they do this? And you, I mean, you play the game for like 10 minutes. It's very much not pro suicide at all. I don't know what people were getting that from. I can't believe I almost fell for that. Um, I, I don't think it's as, as bad as everyone is making it out to be. It's still not good. Because it's messy. It is really messy. But there's like an earnest attempt at like, okay, how do we make a Silent Hill game that's like taking everything from recent horror games on like trauma, but apply that to like what people are going through now, especially like younger people with like cyberbullying and the internet and like trying to find 
your place in a world that is like hyper capitalistic. Right. And the place that takes place in like is this like German town that was trying to reinvigorate itself, and the government spent a lot of money to like do that. But then the 2008 financial crisis happened, and suddenly for whatever for whatever reason like affected this town, so they couldn't do the projects they were wanting to do. They stopped the projects, and once they started doing that again, COVID nineteen happened, and they had to put a stop to all these pro- like projects. So now like there people are there's like mass. Um, unemployment and a lot of like buildings are empty because people either can't afford to live there or they have to move away it's like huh that's actually like pretty on the nose with our current climate that's actually like a pretty cool concept it's just like the way they explore trauma and and it is maybe not as as good as you would kind of hope they would do it but still i was surprised by it I, i i think i overall enjoyed playing it and it's free and the developers are open for feedback. So it's like, okay, sure. Uh, similar to Row, I also have been playing a game with my girlfriend. We started up It Takes Two. Uh, and turns out that game is fucking awesome. It is good. Uh, it's really con- good. <laughs> continuously, surprisingly creative in, in the ways I would not expect. Like they really upped what they can do uh after uh, a way out like i'm not i was not expecting me enjoying this game as as much as i am and there is like a weirdness where it's like uh we're, we're playing some of these these missions and i will feel myself get less patient because like her platforming skills aren't you know as good i've been playing games for too fucking long Right. It's like okay, I'm I'm turning into the fucking people that are like in the game because like it's a a game a game about yeah. a couple who are like bickering, and then right. like moments later you like are are starting to get back to the sweetness of it. it's like huh I'm kind of mirroring these characters which I'm finding interesting but it's also really fucking fun. Um, shoot, what else, what is IL? The fuck is IL? <laughs> I wrote IL here. I don't even know what that means. Oh, I I, I was on a horror binge, so I was like okay. Let's boot up something that's going to like piggyback off of like Silent Hill, a short message. And I've heard a lot of good things about Iron Lung. This is like an hour long game that you can buy on like Humble Bundle, whatever on Steam. It's like a couple of bucks. Um, the premise of the game is like, it, it, what's that HBO show where everyone disappears? Oh, the um, frick. I leftovers? know what you're talking about. The, the leftovers. Thank you. Oh. It's similar concept where all another show. <laughs> there's maybe there's maybe two shows. <laughs> Sorry, uh, it's similar concept to the leftovers, but on, like on a universal scale, where like all hospitable planets in the universe suddenly are like wiped out of existence, and it's called the Quiet Rapture. Uh, years late, and people only people that have survived are like people who were like on like space colonies and like various other places that are not like on these planets specifically. Right. So now, like years later, people are having to like worry about how to the human population is dying it's like okay well how do you like survive in there right well a a moon is discovered that is made up of an entirely like an ocean of blood and you have like you're tasked with you're a convict who is tasked with exploring this planet to to see what the fuck this moon is uh only that uh the submarine that you're you're put in isn't made to withstand the depths that you have to go to so you're welded shut like the real world titanic incident you're welded shut even including the windows and the only way you can see outside is by having to get up walk turn around and walk to the back of the submarine and click a button 
to press for the camera that's in front of your ship. And the only map you're given has coordinates for the places you're supposed to go, but not where you're at. The only th place, the only way you know where you're at is by looking at your X and your Y coordinate on the ship and being like, okay, I'm here and then here, and I have to go there. So I have to angle my ship this way. It's fucking terrifying. It's so fucking scary being underneath that ocean of blood and hearing the things that you hear out there. And just a cool hour long experience that like will probably turn into some kind of video for me later on. Uh, I'm talking too long, so I'll just move on to, I also booted up and played the first two hours of Death Stranding Director's Cut just to get those vibes again and can confirm. Uh, still a really cool opening. I'm done. Thank you. Oh, yeah. The show that I was thinking of was The Outsider. <laughs> I, I thought that was what you were talking Sorry. No, you're good. I actually added that show that you guys were talking about uh, that you were referencing so to my list i have a long list of shows to watch here so we'll see you know uh gage what you got for me i decided to uh pick up the last of us part two remastered uh i am one of the people that already owned the last of us part two so it was only uh, i think it came to like 16.99 canadian because of canadian rubles so um yeah booted it up i uh i i just jumped into no return mode uh because that's obviously the main new kind of thing with it and it's it's okay it's fun um i am i'm one of those people that have even with the even with the first game uh when the first game came out and there was that um it's 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 hard to remember back then but like at the time, people were kind of like dogging on it for its gameplay. Since since then, everybody's come around to like, oh yeah, The Last of Us Part One is just an amazing, incredible game, which is how it always should have been. But I've always loved The Last of Us gameplay. I've always been like, hey, this isn't supposed to be Uncharted. This is this is among you know games like Resident Evil and survival horror. And for those types of game, this plays extremely well and is fast and fluid. So I've always loved the gameplay. So No Return, definitely. I thought was interesting, uh, an interesting concept. Um, but playing it, it's, it's, I don't know, it's, it's okay. The environments for the, that you play in are very, very small, very, very small environments. It's not like you're playing, uh, some of the big, more open ones from the campaign. And all it did was kind of make me want to play through the campaign again, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to wait for the inevitable, uh, probably 2024 PC release. I'm hoping, uh, mm. to, to jump back into that. So no return is kind of cool. Um, Obviously, the first thing I did was was immediately do all the things I needed to do to unlock playing as Joel, and uh, so I just like speed run these like really small like half runs just with all these different characters because you get the there's a whole progression track, so I could finally play as Joel, and it it's kind of frustrating because they did what I wanted them to do with the Last of Us Part One, which is just use Abby's animations for Joel and I was like why didn't you guys do that with the last of us part one so that we could have all the cool new features in the last of us part one from the last of us part uh whatever it's stupid it makes me angry but yeah uh it was I mean it does feel cool to, to play as Joel and 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 hear his voice lines again as you're as you're running around killing zombies or the WLF or whoever but yeah I don't know zombies. if I would recommend anyone buy this game just for no return though it's <laughs> Especially from what I've heard from uh, Ragnarok Valhalla and how they use that game mode to kind of actually tell a story. I mean, it's it's definitely not like oh, who, 
oh, this is your high score for regretting the cycle of violence. Can you do? Can you beat it? Like, no, it doesn't. It doesn't add anything to the narrative of the game. It's really just a kind of slap together uh, roguelite mode. But if you really, really, really love the gameplay, you might get something more out of it. But I love the gameplay, and I thought it was it was okay. So, when playing it, did you did this ever cross? So my question is: Let me just ask the question. Do you? Um... After playing it, are you happy that maybe they aren't doing factions anymore, or are you like more disappointed that they're not doing factions anymore? Because no, of this, how this is. It's uh, it's good that you bring up that question because Dan and I were talking about this. Um, I don't think I mentioned to Dan that I had played it, but I think I was talking to Dan after I had already played this, and I was sitting there playing it, and I was like, man, if they had just taken an extra year or two on the on this remastered, even if they only offered the same thing that's in this, if they had taken an extra year or two, and even just managed to make it two player there would be something here there would really be something here because they have different game modes uh for the the when you do the runs they're called encounters so it's like you know you you complete an encounter you go back to your hub world you do upgrades and then you do another encounter um and they have different encounters that you can have where there's one where it's like there's just you know enemies wandering the map and they're kind of oblivious and you can take it but you can take that encounter however you want to there's one where it continuously spawns in enemies that know you're that know where you are so it's more of like a defensive action one but then they have one where it's you and an ai teammate and like it doesn't really change anything it's just now it's the same encounters before except you have an ai with you I couldn't help but sitting there playing that. Like, if they had just taken some of that tech from that Naughty Dog game, which I'm sure was built in the same engine, because it's not... I mean, like, they're trying to have some sort of quality control for it. If they had just made it two-player, I think it would have been incredible. And I and so that's the connection to the to the Factions game, where it's like, I wish they had just... Instead of throwing everything into the garbage like they did, they had tried to figure something out. Because if this game... If I was able to boot this up with you, Ro, or, to, like, with, with Dan or with Christian you'd at least have some level of like being able to dick around and goof around with people. And like, you, maybe you get grabbed by a clicker and I have to run over and save you. Like yeah, there's at least that element. But so yeah. far it was just like, Hey, how about all the, how about all of the smallest encounters in the game without any of the narrative consequence or like dramaticism. And then you're playing and you realize like this, I don't want to be playing. There's really no reason for me to be playing this right now. Like the, I love the gameplay. Sorry. Uh, Christian, I love the gameplay and the the combat of of The Last of Us, but stripping away the reason that I'm having to do those things doesn't sound like it'd be super fun. I, and I and I say that enjoying factions, but it's because you were fighting other people and having to do the coordination. And yep. there was there's more to factions than just the the combat. And just like there's more to The Last of Us than just the combat, the story is what made swinging that bat so much hit so much harder than if you're just doing it for for like you're saying, the revenge points or whatever, however you describe it. <laughs> but yeah, I uh, that's kind of sad. And there's another thing. There's another thing that I think, Rashan, that you're not even thinking about. That I something that I realized why the why the roguelite doesn't work is that even forgetting the narrative, like the compelling narrative and all those reasons why you're playing the game, the survival aspect the survival horror aspect of this game with the collecting resources it really only works when it's drawn over a long period of time like when you're playing the campaign and you've got especially with the last was part two you know you've got 25 30 hours ahead of you it really makes sense that i'm grinding and searching for all these things and doing all these upgrades but like in the roguelite it really doesn't transfer like after after like maybe four or five encounters it's like i don't really want to run around and grab shit like i'll just I'll just melee everybody. Like, there's no real reason to to do all these crafting upgrades because the second I'm done this run, 
I start over with a new character, and it's just so that that also the the time period at which you are playing this game, I think, really uh, impacts the amount of enjoyment you're going to have, and and that doesn't have it with the, the roguelite. It's just not there. I ran the gamut in my head uh, with one thing you said, and I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna run it through with you guys. When when Gage said like co-op experience, if if this would have been like some kind of co-op experience, how cool it would have been? Maybe think about Modern Warfare Two and Battlefield Three when they had their own dedicated mm-hmm. co-op side activities with like Spec right. Ops and Modern Warfare Two, and then the co-op missions in Battlefield Three, which I I enjoyed both of those. Is it like the main piece to the resistance of of both respective <laughs> games? No, but like, is there merit to like those experiences to share with somebody? I think yes is is my answer. Yeah. So having something like that in in part in part two remastered, if they were going to do something beyond just the single player roguelike experience, which by gauge standards is is maybe falls short, I think would have just gone a, a longer way to get more people to like to try out something that is more akin to like the Valhalla, where it's like a more of a unique experience. I think something that's but that led me to like my final thought, which was. Man, how cool would it have been to have like a dedicated experience from Naughty Dog where you are doing more like co-op, like long tail missions with The Last of Us Part Two, like having more engagement throughout all these like individual sections. And then that got me to the final thing, which was, well, really, if you're going that far to develop something, how much of a shame is it that like what could have been factions with the kind of what was supposed to be the, you know, uh, extraction shooter type thing with elements of like a a single player experience how cool would that have been i think that like that it, it it is a shame that it was totally canceled and not just dialed back to some capacity right and to your point i think i think after playing no return if they had just had because they tried to do like a procedural thing where it's like they mix the enemies and and maybe the modifiers and the encounters to come up with this sort of like oh it could be anything but it's like really there's only certain preset kind of things it could be but like if they only if if no return was just a mode where it had like five or six missions that were the same every time and you would just like akin to I'm thinking of exactly Modern Warfare 2's special ops where it's like these are the these are the missions and you just play them with your buddy to try to get three stars and you know try to complete them fastest or get the highest score and they're just the same missions every time that would be a much more like fruitful and and meaningful offer than what no return currently is so i would actually rather take like even like three or four preset missions that are the same every time but you play them with your buddy and you try and get Mm -hmm. the highest score over what we got currently sure shout out to splinter cell conviction for having a really cool co-op mode alongside the story that was awesome yes and like christian said these are not the main attractions of any of those games but i actually remember my experience with those modes sometimes more than like the actual main offering so like a really good co-op mode can add a lot to the replayability and the longevity of your game absolutely splinter cell conviction was incredible what a shout out when I think of Modern Warfare 2, I think about like the the one of the final missions in Spec Ops, which is kill 15 juggernauts in favela. Right. That, that's like me and my cousin forever, but we got it done. Damn. Some of those cool Overwatch missions, too, where you have your buddy in the helicopter and the guy on the ground, and you're trying to tell your buddy where he needs to go and all. Like, just yeah. fun stuff, yeah. You said Overwatch, and at first I pictured Overwatch, and then I'm like, oh, you mean like Overwatch from a helicopter slash AC-130, whatever. Yeah. Right. That's funny. All right, moving in to the topic of the show, guys. The state of Xbox, here we are. We're asking some questions. Will Xbox go third party? We'll ask those questions here in a little bit. But 
First, let's go over a couple of things here. Some European retailers are apparently no longer selling physical Xbox games. Of course, there's already some in the U.S. like Best Buy that have stopped selling physical media. Um, Boo. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, according to GameIndustry.biz's uh, Christopher Dring, he said that he had heard sale, that sales of physical games for the console are so low that retailers have decided to stop stocking the products. I got told by a major publisher just before Christmas that across Europe, several retailers have started not listing Xbox anymore, said Dring. Uh, so they've started not stocking Xbox games anymore. Xbox is such a digital console. The physical performance of games is really low. And ultimately, when you're selling a console that most people are just downloading games for, it doesn't really benefit the retailer very much. So some, some very low sales, apparently, uh, is what's causing this, I guess. Uh, maybe the Game Pass effect as well i was gonna say that has to be compounded with game pass where most people are getting their games via via that way subscription instead of you know buying them via hardware which isn't yeah. isn't maybe not entirely true like there are some cases where like um once a game leaves game pass uh sometimes like you'll you'll see a spike in sales of, of that game or the, like it's all that stuff is like maybe uh on the side or exception of but yeah i think yeah you're mostly right it has to be some kind of game pass effect indeed indeed uh Kirik says our best buy still sells physical that's interesting uh and of course Ro, you told us that not for long Kirik. yeah <laughs> Ro, you told us that you went to one right yeah yeah i went to my my local one the other day to get a mic a newer mic and um yeah they were all gone, <laughs> all gone. <laughs> they look so weird in there it's like I, I don't even know what they replaced the stuff with obviously they filled the space that all the dvds were with it was like printers and TVs yeah, I was gonna say washing machines and shit. Yeah, a lot more TVs <laughs> and appliances, like you're saying in there. It's like, yeah, no one's gonna come to Best Buy to buy a washer, but if you say so. Yeah. Late stage capitalism, boys. Let's go. Hell yeah, old people. Let's do it. Uh, <laughs> oh, they'll, they'll go to like a fucking Lowe's or something for for that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Home Depot, whatever. Home Depot. Yeah. All right. So before we get into the meat of it here. Phil has broken his silence, and I'm sure everyone's heard the buzz and whatever else words you want to come up with. That's just the one that I came up with. I know it's not a word, so at me. Uh, <laughs> rumors have pointed to an event that was supposed to happen in the spring, apparently, and now will happen next week, according to Phil Spencer. Uh, this is in response to all of the crazy news that we're going to talk about here in a second, all the rumors and speculation. And Phil says, we're listening and we hear you. We've been planning a business update event for next week where we look forward to sharing more details with you about our vision for the future of Xbox. Stay tuned. So Phil's making us wait another week to hear what the hell is going on. Uh, of course, Every single person under the sun is speculating on the internet right now, and there's tons of rumors out there. But let's go ahead and dive into those rumors so we have some context here. So, of course, we already knew that Hi-Fi Rush was already rumored to be going to PlayStation and Switch, which I think is pretty much a guarantee at this point. We've seen the... And Steam, I think. Right? Yeah. Or Steam, yeah. Epic, the... yeah, yeah, PC platforms. Yeah. I think Hi-Fi Rush is on Steam already. Is it? yeah. I, I think it's epic. Yeah. I think it's was epic. Sorry, yeah, epic. Okay. Okay. Uh, 
yeah, so they have exclusive uh, T-shirts that have already leaked with uh, PlayStation, Switch, and yeah, Epic or Steam, whatever designs. Um, so yeah, I think that's pretty much a given. We've already talked about that one. Uh, but we also got news this week as well, or rumors that Indiana Jones is being considered uh, to be brought to PS5. This is from Tom Warren on Twitter. Uh, he said several months after the Xbox and PC release, and it's part of Xbox's new strategy inside of Microsoft that's emerging. Uh, so the domino started with Indiana Jones, and it continued to roll down the hill here as we will we will get back to indiana jones uh, and such but i was just kind of gonna lay out all of the ones we've heard and then go from there uh the next one we heard spiraled is uh starfield is possibly headed for playstation 5 as well uh which they're saying that the report is accurate this is from nate the hate on twitter uh which is I guess he's a um, uh, known leaker or, you know, whatever. But he says the report is accurate. Starfield will land on PlayStation. I've heard similar, but opted to wait on reporting this information until the PlayStation 5 release timeline was finalized. As the report states, the PS5 release will come after the arrival of the expansion DLC on Xbox and PC. Um, yes. So there's that rumor as well. Uh then we got more rumors coming out that said uh, that Microsoft is reportedly looking at bringing Gears of War to PS5, um, a big IP. Uh, uh, then we started to get, in my opinion, into people picking needles out of haystacks, I, I think. Uh, and I will gladly admit that I'm wrong if, if I'm wrong next week, but I, I think this was very much a stretch uh people started saying oh halo now is is coming like halo infinite specific or the next halo game not halo infinite specifically will be uh coming to playstation because in their job posting they have a line that says uh the next game will be for all players on all platforms so i think that was taken out of context uh because the job posting is in my eyes, just saying like all platforms that Xbox, you know, that they release on, like, it's not like three, four, they're not going to announce this in a job posting like this. That doesn't, I don't know. That doesn't add up to me. I think that's more people grasping at straws for that. That's a weird thing to, to say at all, though. It is. Posting. Because. It is weird. Yeah. But because there's so many consoles now, like because they release on Steam, they release on Windows Store, they release on Series S and X, Cloud, Cloud, Nvidia, on Nvidia's yeah, streaming service, right? Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah. I could I could see it both ways. It is it is odd though. It's definitely odd. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, we'll see though. We'll see. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. But that's not meaning that my comments there doesn't mean that I don't want Halo on other platforms. I think that would be awesome. But anywho, uh, next, uh, literally everything I said because we just kept getting fucking rumors. Literally, I feel like every day I opened it up and someone's like uh, the same, almost the same news story. This game is being considered for a PlayStation. 
And this is where it starts to get a little bit unclear to me, like what is actually rumored and like what is being discussed. And I think I had a conversation on Monday with Elijah on his podcast about it and like my my thoughts on it. And I, I know you wrote Hellblade here, Christian. I think you wrote that or maybe. Yeah, I was just oh. trying to include more stuff that I'd seen. I gotcha. Yes. So like my thoughts on this are that we continued to see literally everything under the sun of the Xbox IP be rumored to be coming to all these platforms. I feel like because this event was scheduled for the spring, I don't feel like that they had a solidified plan yet and they were still dis internally discussing what games were going to be multi-platform and what games were not. So like that's why we're getting a massive barrage of like this game's rumored, this one, this one, this one because like I'm sure that they have they hadn't made that decision is what I'm assuming and then now this week has turned into i'm sure fucking red alert where they're like we got to figure out what we're doing and then next week we got to announce it or at least that's the impression i got from it i don't know if you you guys got the same impression or not yeah so the, i think the the first issue one is that like unfortunate to, oh dan's running away it's gone <laughs> I'm, i mean I, I need him here to respond it's in some capacity i'm just gonna wait till he gets back sure from letting buck do something <laughs> Maybe Buck was outside. And need to come back in. What is bad dad? Yeah, he's 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 trying to. He's, Buck is curious. What's what's dad doing? Sorry, I had to let him in. Yeah, yeah. I I think for me the issue was twofold. One is that like, it's a leak. You know, like no matter what, it's unfortunate. Like Microsoft is then positioned in a place where like they can't say anything because the official event wasn't even planned, right? Yeah. So like. I, I've seen a few folks in the industry talk about like how like it sucks that they're like Microsoft is having to play defense again, but it's like, what do you want them to do? What can they do? It's, it's a leak, right? So official word on that, like is, is, is going to just run the gamut now online of like people just like, Oh, you know, doom and gloom and, and, and everything is like uh, not okay. The Xbox house is burning down and then just things start to spiral. That's just unfortunate and happens with leaks and rumors. I think the other thing was that like, the initial leaks, though, were from, like, high-profile places, like your Jeff Grubbs and your Windows Centrals and, and stuff like that, where it's like, okay, so even if, if it's not the case, they're like, okay, maybe not the next, maybe the next Halo game isn't coming, right? But maybe some of the games listed from these high-profile people, people might be true, and some of the games on there were, like, pretty, you know, obviously, uh, Hi-Fi Rush, sure, but then you have games like Sea of Thieves, uh, I would assume, assume that's another safe one, but, like, yep. Microsoft Flight Sim, again, cool but then games like mcc that one to me feels a bit more questionable but like you can also make the argument like why that would make sense to to make that one available in other places so I'll, i mean i'll just stop there yeah uh totally fair uh gauge your road do you have any thoughts on that any gauge is hungry <laughs> what was the prompt uh, the prompt was so all these rumors were getting a ton of rumors left and right, right. Uh, and um, like I just said that I uh, took that as they didn't really have their plan together yet so like they don't know actually what games were going to be multi-platform yet and they're still kind of figuring that part out so like that was my thoughts on it right um, well I, I think the correct stance the, so, so there, there's a right answer to this, which is wait until you hear right. official word from Xbox, right? Like, obviously, we don't know. With that being said, 
you can like there's a lot of evidence there's no proof that this is happening because proof again proof means like oh xbox has come out and said that this is what's happening but evidence there's lots of evidence to suggest that they want to go third not that they want to break down the walls of exclusivity um the head the ceo of microsoft has said has said this time and time again especially a lot during the ftc uh debacle and then yeah and then phil spencer head uh, ceo of xbox has also said these things so that in combination with what christian said which is that these didn't come from some random people these came from like pretty prolific journalists you put all that together and there's there's clearly something going on there's clearly something happening at xbox in terms of a shift in their strategy when it comes to exclusivity and where their games launch um I'm with Dan. Like I, as as a longtime Halo fan, I would love for more people to to get their hands on it. Um, and then for like, so if I love Halo, then obviously I would feel similar to a lot of these other games I don't really have an attachment to. Um, so I don't mind this happening. I think there does need to be a clear messaging to fans on what happens with the Xbox ecosystem because while while it's not um, smart or advisable to panic based off of this because again nothing's been said from xbox if xbox does start signaling that they are shifting away from say like things like hardware and software i think there is some concern for people like me who have been like my i've had my xbox account since i was like fucking 10 years old and i've got like i know dan you're the same way like you've got tons of history on there so there is cause for concern if this business event comes out and it says that they are maybe signaling going that way because Obviously, I don't want Xbox to su- support to end anytime soon. And with the way that physical media is going and stuff like that, like, I mean, I, I understand the concern. I definitely understand the concern. Um, and I will say that Phil Spencer's response to all this was also, like, maybe not the best choice of words. Like, he didn't come out and say, hey, guys, these are unfounded rumors. Make sure you don't pay attention to anything uh wait wait for official word from xbox he didn't say any of that he said we're listening and we hear you that's a little bit that's a little bit concerning it's not maybe not the best choice of words and i think i think that again kind of is why i think that they just don't didn't know yet what the fuck they're gonna do because that that to me comes off very much like well fuck what do i say because i I don't even know what we're doing yet like I i don't know Bro, do you have any thoughts? Most most of my stuff is, I, I think I want to say for the, this part, with uh, I have more Game Pass. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. That to, yeah, well, there. let's dive into that part then. Uh, some Microsoft leadership are reportedly not happy with the decision, according to, um, according to, who was it? Xbox era. <laughs> was it Xbox? What the heck? I clicked on it and it took me to the wrong. I think I have the wrong link. That's uh, a Starfield. Yep, that's the wrong link. Anyways, <laughs> uh, yes, there was reports that there was some Microsoft leadership that were not happy with the decision and uh, were basically voicing their concerns about it. And there was people on both sides, uh, I guess, of the decision. Um between you know keeping all first party uh content or you know going third party with at least some of the content um so that interesting question uh was pegged as well as uh 
what is the effect if Microsoft were to go fully third party? Um, and Andy Robinson on Twitter says, don't think the rumored Xbox multi-platform shift is entirely good news, news for PlayStation owners. SIE is complacent enough as it is. Imagine the hubris if it has no competitors, which is a fair question. Uh, of course, we know Jim Ryan and many of his policies that he's had. And uh, yeah, he he's made some decisions that are pretty questionable. Um, but I guess the question is, do you think, do you guys think that this decision, uh, if it does come to fruition, do you think it negatively affects Xbox as a company? Uh, and like, what do you guys think that does to their hardware side of things? Like, do you think that the hardware of Xbox goes away? I, I am glad you said that the hard the hardware side, because I, I think you, you said it really well on, um, on Twitter and, and a little bit into Elijah discussion where it's like, well, the primary focus for this is like shareholder side, like Microsoft is, is its focus isn't, isn't with hardware sales specifically. It's, it's about like, <laughs> nice. So I just still launch that thing. Uh, uh, where was I going? It's, it's with software sales, obviously, like we've been seeing that for the past couple of years and, and, and profit and seemingly getting your games everywhere is a net positive for getting more sales, which means more revenue, but also gets more games to more people, which I think is, is generally like, I think people agree is, is usually a good thing. But like the hardware question is so interesting because it's really, the, really the answer is like, who knows? You can't really yeah. predict which way it'll go, but you can like speculate and worry about like, well, you know, you start worrying about like, well, what would be then be the reasons to buy Xbox products? Like if it is true, then like more games that are exclusive on, we assume we're, we're going to be exclusive to, to Xbox, but now are now then coming to other platforms. Well, then like, what is the general consumer going to going to be buying then in that regard? Like, are they going to buy the box that can play Spider-Man and Halo or the one that just plays Halo and not Spider-Man? The, you would think that maybe they would lean towards towards the the latter, right? Or I guess the former in that regard. So it's like, okay, there would be less reasons to buy Xboxes. But like, again, I don't know if I want to go that far because we also don't know what the exact strategy is, and it could go any which way. Right. And it's it's also like they wouldn't they wouldn't be going away overnight either. Like if that happens, it's like yeah. years and years and years from now, and not like anytime soon. Yeah, it, that was my point to Elijah on Monday as well. Was I don't see it happening in the next 10 years. Like, I think we'll have a next gen Xbox console, which then that will last, you know, six or seven years or whatever. So, yeah, I agree with you on that as well. Uh, and like we've seen Microsoft shift as a company where they care more about software and services side of things than they do uh, of the hardware side of things. However, you know, I also think that, you know, their hardware side of things don't necessarily have to be super profitable. Like, for instance, a great example is their Surface division, the Surface tablet, which is a pretty, I mean, it's a pretty high end unit, a very niche unit. It does not sell that well for Microsoft. They don't make much money from that thing. Uh, they they generate revenue, a ton of revenue from it because it's a high price, but they don't make much profit. Uh, and the reason why they do that is because they make up for it on the software services uh, side of things. So, like, I think there's still an argument to be made that even if your games or some of your games go multi-platform, 
you still have a, an allure to your console, which is Game Pass, which you're getting day and date games day one on the console included. And you're also getting um, you're also getting into uh the ecosystem i guess that you've already been accustomed to so obviously me owning an xbox for so many years i have hundreds of games that i own digitally on there that would just vanish if i just decided to sell my xbox for instance um but maybe we get to a point one day where i don't need the xbox and i can access those games from other devices right right it's I think it's also important to note that this is just like we're, we're a lot of people are like blindly assuming PlayStation would even want a lot of these games on their platform right. while Microsoft is continuing to make consoles at all. Because why would they want Xbox branding on their console? That's if you look at games point. like if you look at games like Fortnite, when you're playing with people on other consoles and you're primarily and you're playing on a PlayStation, you cannot see what other consoles people are playing on. The, the icon will not show up. But if you're playing on a different non-playstation platform you, i can see that the other person is playing on a switch console or a pc or, or xbox or, or whatever like they don't want branding from competitors on yeah. their own console so it's, it's hard to imagine games that would like splash a giant microsoft game studios splash at the beginning to be playable on a playstation then that, that is just like the hubris from playstation i don't think would allow that to even happen now and that's an insanely great point because they could literally just put something in the game that says like this is included in Game Pass on Xbox or like some kind of marketing to get people at least to think about, you know, getting the other switching platform. over. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, sorry. Sorry. They, we what was I going to say? I, I think I'll just save it. Never mind. I'll save it for the next the next one. <laughs> Never mind. You're going to save it? Yeah, I'm going to save it. Sorry, never okay, mind. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Gage, do you have anything you want to talk? Anything? No? You're giving me that look like, man, <laughs> why did you say my name right now? Uh, is, it, is this the next one? Is I, that last bit? Yeah, I think that's... Because that's, that's that's, this is insane. From people, yes. I want to hear. I want to see it. Let's. Oh, I'm, okay. I'm waiting if, for it. If that's, if that's the next one, I, I will say what I was going to Okay, was yes, gonna, yes. With... Uh, with uh, what Christian was saying with uh, it being hard to believe seeing the the Xbox branding on PlayStation, I, especially now, I totally agree with that. But when I was thinking about with uh, if if they come out of this and they quote unquote won, like how Andy was was saying, like Xbox isn't making consoles anymore. They're just doing third party. They're making games. I could see them doing that. And I, and I started imagining what Game Pass might look like in a world like that, where they're just doing Game Pass and they're just making games where... They make Xbox Game Pass for PlayStation and Xbox Game Pass for Nin Nintendo Switch, where it's hard to, again, to imagine PlayStation playing nice and Nintendo even playing nice in those types of situations. But I can imagine how that would benefit Xbox so well to have that on multiple platforms to, to help sell their games. And if PlayStation and, and Nintendo wants to play nice in those situations, they could have like older Nintendo games. Like I, I think... Um, a Xenoblade 2 could be on Xbox Game Pass for Nintendo and maybe an older PlayStation game could be on a obviously never going to be Dan date Nintendo games on a subscription and same with PlayStation when they only have they also have their PlayStation Plus offering but uh, I don't know I, I just got to thinking that like if they if they do end up going third party I can definitely see that benefiting them in the long run and, and just this year they they talked about how much 
gaming contributed at Microsoft, how it was ahead of Windows, um, and it was behind Office, but is like seven seven point eleven billion, which is a lot of money. And for them to be thinking about not doing the the hardware side of things is is surprising with right. how well it seems to be doing. And if they're planning to to pivot with that, is how much they're making. It's uh, I I just assume that they're going to do with whatever will make them more money, and I that to, in my mind would make them a lot of money, right? Almost like the Square Enix thing, where it's like this isn't considered su- successful at this point. Like you guys are right, yeah. You guys like you're out, you're bringing in more revenue than Windows, which is yeah. like the global operating system of the entire world. And that's the problem with a big corporation like Microsoft, because they're always just going to want more money. More, and that's yeah. That that is the problem of yeah a big company like that and like the other thing we didn't talk about is like my uh, xbox also talked about wanting a mobile store for uh, phones like apple and uh google um which currently it's not something that they could even do if they even if they wanted to because of them not allowing it but uh Mm -hmm. i know in the eu they've started allowing uh certain things with as we talked about i think last week or two weeks ago um to open up stores like that so maybe eventually one day there will be an xbox store on your phone and maybe that looks different because you know 10 years from now gaming could look completely different than what it does now with how fast mobile technology keeps evolving maybe you know phones get to the point where they're just playing these insane looking games um right but uh the last piece i wanted to cover here which is just absurd that i have to cover this but apparently it's a big deal because people are freaking out and like this is the problem with fanboys in general both on all sides of fanboyism uh but although not yet officially confirmed reports have led to a major backlash within the xbox community including from notable xbox influencers with large followings who are unhappy that games previously marketed as xbox exclusives will be made available on other console platforms number one why the who the fuck cares if it's like why this isn't gonna fucking negatively affect me if this game releases on playstation like i don't fucking care like why why people get freaking freaked out and that's what my point about halo earlier is i don't think that halo is going to be one of the exclusive games that's going to be on playstation but that doesn't mean i don't want it i think that would be awesome to get more people into that ecosystem and more people loving that game like that's that would be awesome to me. I mean, I kind of get it though. When maybe they feel a little bit burned. Granted, they're putting the cart way before the horse because, again, like you said at the front, Xbox hasn't had their official announcement yet. Like we don't know what they're actually doing. Chill for a week. Yeah. I, I guess I can imagine why they would feel burned though, because like you finally have all these major acquisitions happen over the past two or three years. It's like okay, it feels like people have said this online. Like the ship is turning. Like competition is going to start now with like actual head-to-head exclusives on various consoles, and competition only breeds like, in in my opinion, all our opinions, like what is best for the consumer because like you're having to directly compete and make your stuff better, right? So it's like okay, if that ship is sailing, then I I guess I can see why people are being like, well, then what was the point of of like telling us like you know the games are coming for so long when the games are actually coming to other places and you know not just just to me or whatever i get it i guess but again 
it's still a major overreaction to just like go goodbye xbox it's been a long run like well did you actually care then really that much mm-hmm. if you're just like this easily like just giving everything away and selling it i, I don't know i think i'm actually less uh less empathetic to these people than christian is because i i can't help but look at it from i can't help but look at it from the angle of that like i understand that like some of these some of these uh creators have built their entire following off of the brand of xbox it's not your brand it's a trillion dollar corporation it's not your Mm. brand they're not your buddies they're not on your team like I, I again, like like I said to Dan, like I would, it would suck, it would sting if I if I boot up my Xbox one day and it said, "Sorry, Xbox no or Microsoft no longer supports this, and all my things are gone." But I'd be all right, time to pack up, move on. I guess like it's a thing that's right. not mine. It's a product. Like I don't have this is this is part of the parasocial parasocial kind of issues that like our generation struggles with. I know some of these guys are older, which doesn't. I mean, it's a bit weird, but still, like <laughs> the, the the people that live in this in this space, I guess that we all struggle with, which is this getting uh connected to things and people that we don't know and that we don't really have any sort of claim to so i don't know i think i think it's ridiculous i saw the picture of the one guy with his receipt from gamestop of like putting all his things back it's like man you really why why are you letting this bother you so much it doesn't these people don't know you exist it's just it's a box it's a plastic box that plays games and and then yeah to what dan said earlier the whole other aspect of this is like if you're somebody who's a diehard Halo fan, I don't know how this upsets you because the only thing, the only market like difference that this will have on you is that your matchmaking times will be shorter now. That's that's it. That's <laughs> really that's all that's all it affects you as an Xbox player. Like when they release these games on other consoles. Yeah. So I don't get it either. It's yeah, ridiculous. They're not losing anything. Like you're I'm... literally only gaining things as 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 an end user. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. It'll be interesting to see what Microsoft actually announces next week, and uh, I'm sure we'll have a discussion on next week's episode about what is talked about, except for Christian, because it's Valentine's Day. Uh, no, he's going to invite Natalie I'll dial in. in. I'll the, dial in, yeah. <laughs> kidding. Uh, but no. Hold on, baby. Hold on, babe. I'll put our date on hold. I got I to gotta <laughs> give my, my two cents on Xbox real quick. Yeah, unless the event's later in the week, I guess, if it's after Wednesday yeah uh do you guys have anything else you want to talk about before we close out the show yeah I don't think it's the end of Xbox me either yeah I think we're fun people calm down (laughs) uh and my closing remark is just him dog down Tim dog down down. (laughs) my closing (laughs) remark is if you're gonna sell all your Xbox uh consoles and peripherals don't bring it to gamestop sell it privately i was looking at this guy's receipt and he was getting like three dollars for some of these games like what are you doing that's that's my thing if you're gonna be a spaz and sell all your xbox stuff do it privately that's my that's my tip marketplace exactly ebay even yes yeah yeah all right shout out to buck for pulling my arm the last 20 minutes here Thank you again to everyone joining us live on YouTube and Twitch, as well as podcast services everywhere, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere else you get your podcasts. Thank you, Ro. Thank you, Christian. Thank you, Gage. I am Daniel, and this has been Podcast PXN, and we are out. Much love, and keep on gaming. See ya.
Buy physical. If you still can. If you still can. <laughs> <laughs>